It's Your Life is sponsored by James J.C. Cooley. Life is a series of circles and cycles, phrases and stages. These are your experiences that teach you the lessons of life. You can either ignore them or embrace them. Welcome to the James Cooley Show. It's your life. James is a motivational speaker, author, military veteran, and founder of the J.C. Cooley Foundation. James is here to equip you to strive for greatness and overcome adversity. It's time to get equipped today for the challenges of tomorrow. Now, here's the host of It's Your Life, James Cooley. Hello. Another show, uh, It's Your Life, and you know, I tell you, uh, we got a very serious topic today. And, um, well, I'm just excited uh, uh, to be talking about uh, uh, this topic. Uh, it's it's uh, COVID-19 education and insight. Now, even though uh, we have uh, the vaccines going on right now, it's still a lot of things that we need to know and understand about COVID and that we still have had to do all the things uh, that um, – uh, that they have put out like social distancing, wearing masks and, you know, washing your hands. But also today we're going to give you an understanding. I got a, a special guest here uh, that uh, is going to talk to you. And we're going to find out a little bit how this disease came about in the United States and some of the the, the researches that they're doing to identify uh, a lot of different sources, and his name is, is Steve Blanc, you know, so um, uh, so he's going to explain all this to us. But you know, before we get to that, uh, I got my uh, uh, guest co-host, Chuck Trenoni. How you doing, Chuck? Doing great, JC. Thanks for having me again. How you been today? Man, just, man, today's been a tough one, Chuck. I'm telling you, it's been tough. I've uh, <laughs> uh, been running around uh, trying to take care of uh, certain uh, issues and problems, but uh, I believe that we got everything taken care of. So uh, I'm ready for this great show. And we also got uh, uh, my uh, co-contributor here, Michelle Cooley. How you doing, Michelle? I'm doing good. Happy Tuesday. <laughs> it, it is. It is happy Tuesday. It is happy Tuesday. And so, uh, yeah, just like... Uh, Chuck, I was telling uh, uh, the listening audience that um, we we got a, a terrific show. I always have to say a hello to uh, to my producer. You know, so how you doing out there, Noah? It's another beautiful day here in San Diego. Another great show. We got some great information for for the listening audience out there. So it's very exciting. Oh yeah, so uh, I tell you what, I wish I sit back and grab a bag of pop- popcorn, but uh, this is a, a serious topic that we we must be aware, of and we have to uh, continue to practice this until everybody get the vaccine, and and we don't got over this a little bit, so we can start returning back to normal life. So, how how you doing, Chuck? Um, you know, I'm. Grateful, uh, myself, my wife, and family. We've all been fairly healthy. Just you know, um, working out of the house and exercising here and there when we can to walk, to swim, to do what we can just to stay healthy and to keep moving. So all is going well. Yeah, I, I was uh, listening in, in in the green room when when you you and uh, Steve were talking about uh, Steve said he got him five or six miles in there today. Yeah, uh, Mich- <laughs> Michelle and I, uh, I went out and got me six, and I I think you got about five or six uh, as well, right? Yeah, I was doing some fast walking down the <laughs> down the walking trail, but it felt great. At least I was exercising. Yeah, you yeah, know so. Yeah, yeah. 
So mm-hmm. I, I tell you what, Michelle, can you tell our listening audience about the purpose of the show today? Great. Um, the purpose of this show is to educate, inform, and teach about COVID-19. The current effect it is having on our world, the most recent CDC guidelines, how to ensure we protect ourselves from this virus, the current treatments and vaccines available today, and the pros and cons of treatments and getting vaccinated. Yes, yes. And uh, we got a, a special guest, just like I said, and he was on the show not too long ago. You know, so uh, he's going to come on, on on the live version so we he can continue to educate uh, our listening audience. But um, I always give my thoughts, just like at, at the beginning of each show. And uh, uh, most of you guys already know that the coronavirus is is a new virus, a new coronavirus, first identified in Wuhan, China. And that was in uh, December of 2019, you know, because it's a new virus. Scientists are learning more about this virus each and every day. Actually, uh, we just uh, um, we all I'm talking about the world just found out that um, there are different variants of this uh, virus that's um, uh, that uh, is striking the world altogether because we wouldn't. Um, didn't realize that, um, you know, that it was going to uh, spread to a lot of different uh, variants. So over in, in uh, the UK, in Europe, they got a, a new v- a virus threat. And also it's a, uh, probably a more serious one in South Africa. You know, so um, we're going to learn a lot more about this and a lot of research. And and I, I believe that we all must continue to educate ourselves on this severity of this um COVID-19, we have to inform ourselves about the, the vital facts and the important knowledge to make good decisions for ourselves and our family and our community. I believe we all must choose whether or not to receive the vaccine when to reduce and to eventually eliminate the threat of this pandemic and this virus. So today we have Steve Blount to help us uh to become more clear on some of the things that are going on. Michelle, can can you tell our audience about our first guest, please? I would love to. Steve Blanc. Steve Blanc is a senior level healthcare sales executive with an accomplished record of success in commercializing innovative medical devices and services. Through his 33-year career at Beckman Coulter, he held multiple positions in customer operations, leading the commercial sales team. Over the last 12 years, he serves as vice president and general manager of North American Life Sciences, Worldwide Operations, and the U.S. Diagnostic Customer Operations today. Steve consults and serves as a trusted advisor to several companies as a strategic and tactical specialist in leading sales teams and driving company growth. Among his current projects, he's a team lead in the RADX Tech NIH program, working to bring innovative COVID testing technologies and companies to market to address the pandemic. In addition to his professional accomplishments, Steve is a big brother and is on the board for Big Brothers Big Sisters in Orange County and the Inland Empire, a success coach for working wardrobes, and an ambassador for the Second Harvest Food Bank in Orange County. The James Cooley Show, It's Your Life, proudly presents Steve Blanc. Welcome to the show, Steve. How are you doing? I'm good, James. Thank you. 
Yeah, before uh, I ask Steve the first question, I want uh, the listening audience to know that you can call in and ask uh, Steve, myself, or either one of us uh, questions, but Steve is the guy, and that number is one eight 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 three four four eleven seventy. Again, that's one eight eight eight. Three four four eleven seventy. I encourage uh, you you all to call in mm-hmm. and join the conversation. Yeah. So, Steve, can you tell us a little bit about you? Yeah. So I um, uh, well, thank you again for the opportunity to come back and and, and be a part of your program. I um, yeah, I spent the bulk of my career in in uh, diagnostic and life science research uh, services through Beckman Coulter. I uh, had a, you know, very fortunate to have a terrific career there for over 30 years. And after I retired from Beckman, uh, I stayed engaged in healthcare, helping companies uh, execute on a strategic plan that would allow them to scale and grow and be successful. I've dealt with testing companies, uh, medical device companies, life science, diagnostics, uh, software uh, bioinformatics, a number of different types of companies in the healthcare industry. And I've been doing that for about eight years. And uh, that's, that's really what I, when I spend my, my time doing professionally. Hey, thank you for your service. I spent 23 years in the Navy myself. So, you know, thank you. Uh, can you tell us a little bit about the RADx um, program, what it is, what do the niches represent and how, you became associated with them. Yeah, sure. I was, uh, so a colleague of mine that I worked with uh, at Beckman uh, was got involved in uh, a program that was created at NIH. And this program is designed to bring out uh, innovative ways to get at the COVID testing challenge. If you think back about this time a year ago, we were woefully unprepared for the challenges in front of us with testing people who was, who was infectious, both from an individual diagnostic standpoint and also from a public health standpoint. And so Radix was created by bringing together business professionals, scientists, entrepreneurs, and, and other uh, highly qualified people in this area to, to look at the, the vast array of technologies and companies and ideas that could offer a breakthrough in allowing testing in a way that would allow us to control the epidemic. So RADx, which stands for Rapid Accelerated Diagnostics, was designed as a, a tangent part of NIH to evaluate companies and then shepherd them through the quality, the regulatory, manufacturing, and scale-up so that these tests could be brought to the market and help us deal with COVID. Wow. You know, that's that's a, that's a whole lot. You know, I, I, but, you know, um, listen, audience need to know that because they need to get an understanding. But uh, we're going to take a quick break, and we're going to come back and continue to talk to Steve Blunk. It's Joe Life. I'm James Cooley. There's more stories of greatness to help you overcome adversity coming up on It's Your Life with James Cooley. 
The J.C. Cooley Foundation is a nonprofit organization that was started in October of 2014. The J.C. Cooley Foundation continues to strive to expand its programs and offerings to the youth, young adults, and citizens of our great communities nationwide and overseas. We hope that you'll be able to take part in one or more of the many exciting events that we're offering this year and experience firsthand the pride we take in supporting our cause. It's our mission to equip the youth of today for the challenges of tomorrow, and we rely heavily on the generosity of individuals and business owners for support. Without the assistance of community-minded individuals just like you, we wouldn't be able to serve our youth each year. We ask that you make a commitment to support our annual appeal by making a cash donation. This year's goal is $50,000. Your generosity will assist us in making a difference in the lives of the youth in our community. You can give online at CooleyFoundation.org. Remember that every donation makes a difference regardless of size. The J.C. Cooley Foundation thanks you in advance for your contribution. Country Boy, City Boy, a journey that ain't over yet. The true life coming of age story by James J.C. Cooley. Using humor, wit, and engaging storytelling, James paints a picture about his arrival in a rural deep south town and realization that life would never be the same. Cooley lays out his struggle to adjust from city life to country life and back again, sharing his hard-earned lessons to educate, encourage, and enlighten our next generation of leaders and heroes. Get your copy of Country Boy, City Boy, a journey that ain't over yet by James J.C. Cooley available on Amazon and everywhere books are sold. Streaming now at TheAnswerSanDiego.com and Radio.com. It's time to dream big, think big, and be big. It's time for more It's Your Life. Here's your host, James Cooley. Welcome back to It's Your Life. I'm James Cooley, and, you know, just like I said, um, uh, our phone lines are open, one 888 344-1170 Again, that's one 344 I think we, we got a call on the line right now, Chuck uh, hey, Ben's from Orange County How you doing? I'm fine, how are you? I'm very grateful that you're taking my call Yes, sir, yes, sir, always I have a quick question for your guest Right out of the gate, so to speak Because he mentioned this this relationship Between the private sector and the government in making something happen for the benefit of the people in our country. Could he identify uh, one or two key obstacles that they work to overcome in that relationship? And then secondly, can he identify some of the things that were kind of smoother that we could learn from if we emulated that in the future? And I'll hang up and listen to the answer. Thank you. Very good. Thank you. Thank you, Ben. Uh, yeah, I'm happy to. So when you think about it, a small company, which we saw many of them, let's say six or seven people have an idea. Uh, a scientist, maybe at MIT or USC or UCLA or Harvard, has a technology that they think is going to help with COVID testing. Well, the process by which you would need to commercialize that technology and scale it and bring it to the market is many, many years and requires developing relationships with manufacturing partners. It, it, it requires an understanding of the regulatory and the quality process that's required by the FDA. It requires knowledge about uh, how to test and, and make sure it does what it's supposed to do. The commercial aspect, how you distribute it. All these aspects can be overwhelming and take years to develop. So what we do with our expertise is we help the company or the lab in some cases get the resources they need 
to be successful. We get them to the front of the line of the FDA. We bring in quality resources to help them put together a quality management system. We bring in contract manufacturers to help them. We go out and act as if this is what it is, a true emergency. And so we clear the decks for them and we do what we need to do. And money is not an issue. It's about getting this testing technology to the market as fast as possible. Now, we do vet it. We do want to make sure it's real. Does it work? Can it really do what they think it'll do? Can it really have an impact on the market? Is it sustainable? So we, part of our responsibility at Radix is to assess. They're kind of like a shark tank. In fact, that's the term that was used in the early stages of the Radix development program. We, we kind of, you know, does it make sense? And if it does, and we believe in it, what are the risks? And how can we mitigate those risks? And what are the gaps? And how do we help with those gaps? So we, we clear the decks for them. To get in front of the FDA can sometimes take months or years. We can do it in a day. And get them to give a reading on what they would need to see, depending on where they want to go with it. So this is where we came in uh, and, and helped these companies and these laboratories bring these technologies. And so today, about 70% of the testing that's done uh, at the point of care and in the, in the COVID testing market came through the Radix program. A year ago, we had one test technology available, and it was only available at the hospital. So a lot of improvement has taken place, and, and that's how we did it. Wow. Thanks. That was a great answer, Steve. You know, it's great to see that the United States has been um, moving forward on this and bringing these technologies to play through um, NIH. But I'm wondering, um, from your perspective, how, how has the United States become so severely impacted with, what, 2.82 million deaths now and about 501,000 cases of COVID-19 compared to other industrialized nations? What are you guys seeing? What are you hearing? How are you responding to it? Well, that's that's uh, that's a very challenging question, of course, and it's it's a, it's a tragedy beyond measure, of course. Hmm. And I can tell you from our perspective within Radix, uh, especially in the early days when there was no testing really available, and we were working seven days a week, we were seeing companies every day. There were people that were working 16 hours a day, every day, seven days a week, to try to get through the technologies that were being put in front of us to help address the pandemic. And uh, But the United States is a, is a very large com country. Uh, it is one that, uh, uh, you know, we, 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 I don't think we, we fully understood the, the breadth of this disease and the impact it would have in the early stages. Uh, I don't think any country has really escaped the pandemic, of course, but the United States is, is very large and very heavily populated. And so therefore we, we are tragically dealing with uh, among the highest caseloads. But, you know, you have to kind of look at what's, you know, Unfortunately, and I, I don't mean to be callous as I say this, but, you know, the death rates and the ratios, uh, there's very few countries that have escaped uh, the, the impact of this disease. And, and so we're, 
we're putting all the resources we can into bringing uh, therapies, testing, and of course the vaccine, which is on the front news every day as we uh, watch and read. It is a tragedy. I think that it's something we'll learn from. Uh, there are silver linings to this pandemic. There are things that we're doing differently, and I can give some of those examples as we proceed on the show. Um, we're going to be better prepared. Infectious disease, unfortunately, is part of our world, and we need to be better prepared, not only as a country, but as a planet, to deal with these in a way that uh, will prevent uh, so many lives being lost and, and so many families being impacted by this tragedy. Can you just help the audience recap to be honest, but get, describe the common symptoms of COVID-19 that everybody's been facing? Well, <clears throat> sure. I, you know, I think I, think I, would, I would preface that by saying whenever you feel like you have symptoms or whenever you're concerned, you should call your doctor. I, I'm not a physician, and I want to be very clear that, you know, I'm not, you know, what I say to you is not in all cases for all people. But the common things that uh, we, we experience are uh, out of breath, a loss in one capacity, if you will, uh, fever, of course, a loss of taste and smell, fatigue, uh, these are among the, the bigger symptoms, and I, uh, you know, true, true confessions, I think I've spoken to you about this, Chuck, but I, I and my wife both had COVID, so I experienced it, and uh, I did not experience fever, I did not experience any significant lung capacity issues, uh, I was fatigued, and I did have kind of an upper respiratory problem, so that's one of the challenges, uh, twofold, one is it manifests itself differently in different people, and we're learning about that. And the other thing to recall is that this was essentially, you know, unknown may not be the right term, but I'll use it, an unknown disease. It was a new disease. This coronavirus, although coronaviruses exist, the way this disease and virus behaved, we, we kind of learned as we went. Uh, a term has been used, you know, building the plane while it flew. So we didn't know everything that we know today. And so that has created, you know, fair enough, uh, some confusion at times and some uh, avenues of, of uh, approaches that maybe weren't advised heavily initially and should have been or were advised a lot initially and should not have been. So that's one of the challenges associated with this disease. But we're very knowledgeable about it now, and, and we know a lot more, and it's one of the reasons we're seeing uh, so much progress against it with decreased cases and the vaccine getting out there and better testing technologies that are available that can give you an answer much quicker. It, you know, Steve, uh, um, I believe there are five uh, vaccines that uh, I guess being oh, some of them is being administered right now. Uh, can you uh, tell us the, the efficacy of, of these uh, vaccines? Well, uh, yeah, there are a number of vaccines out there, and they use different biological mechanisms to be effective. However, 
they are all safe. They are all effective. And uh, again, uh, you know, with the counsel of your doctor, because there's always uh, individual circumstances that need to be noted. Uh, the vaccines are are uh, are all good and safe. So the the the, the two most visible, Pfizer and Moderna, are uh, using uh, a technology called messenger RNA, and I'm not going to go any deeper than that, except to say it's kind of the instruction book, the instructions for what the virus is. So it tells the body this is what to look for, and when you see these as articulated these instructions create antibodies and go after it. There are other uh, vaccines that use, you may have heard this before, kind of dead virus or inactive virus. Uh, there are also vaccines that use other biological technologies. They're all vetted uh, very, very heavily through the phase trials and the FDA. And I personally would feel comfortable taking any of the vaccines that are available today and would strongly encourage uh, people to take them. And if I could just tangent off a bit and, and uh, give a, a little bit more depth to why I say that, understand okay. that the virus, I'm sorry, uh, is that okay? Well, you know, I'll tell you what, we're going to take a station break and we're going to come back and continue to talk about uh, this. Uh, it's your life. I'm James Cooley. There's more stories of greatness to help you overcome adversity coming up on It's Your Life with James Cooley. The J.C. Cooley Foundation continues to strive to expand its programs and offerings to the youth, young adults, and citizens of our great communities nationwide and overseas. It's our mission to equip the youth of today for the challenges of tomorrow. We ask that you make a commitment to support our annual appeal by making a cash donation. Your generosity will assist us in making a difference in the lives of the youth in our community. You can give online at CooleyFoundation.org. The J.C. Cooley Foundation thanks you in advance for your contribution. Country Boy, City Boy, a journey that ain't over yet. The true life coming of age story by James J.C. Cooley. Using humor, wit, and engaging storytelling, James paints a picture about his arrival in a rural deep south town and realization that life would never be the same. Cooley lays out his struggle to adjust from city life to country life and back again, sharing his hard-earned lessons to educate, encourage, and enlighten our next generation of leaders and heroes. Get your copy of Country Boy, City Boy, a journey that ain't over yet by James J.C. Cooley available on Amazon and everywhere books are sold. The Answer San Diego, streaming now on iHeart.com and Radio.com. It's time to dream big, think big, and be big. It's time for more It's Your Life. Here's your host, James Cooley. Welcome back to It's Your Life. I'm James Cooley, and while, uh, like I said, uh, uh, the phone lines are open, one 888 344-1170. Again, that's 1-888-344-1170. Hey, Steve, you was uh, explaining uh, um, about uh, uh, COVID. Can, can, can you, can you uh, finish talking about the vaccines? Yeah, an important point I'd like to make. You know, remember vaccines, what they do is they teach the body how to fight off the virus when it enters their body. And that creates antibodies. Again, I'm going to go deeper than that. The, 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 the body system for defending itself against disease 
is based on antibodies. And the vaccine primes the body to create uh, antibodies. The important thing to keep in mind, there are people that are skeptical about the vaccine for a variety of reasons, and we can talk about that. But the important thing I want to make, the point I want to make is viruses uh, or infectious diseases, they, their, their job is to stay alive, right? So when they run uh, through the population, they will uh, alter their DNA when they feel like they're having um, uh, evolutionary challenges and staying alive. And there's also just, as they multiply, they create DNA changes. And, and this gives people a lot of, of fear, right? We hear about variants, and is this variant going to be more uh, dangerous to acceptable populations? The important thing to remember that the faster we get the vaccines, the faster the virus runs out of places to go. And that's when we hear about herd immunity, whether it's from people who get the virus and recover, which, of course, many do, or people that get the vaccines. Eventually, the virus has no place to go, and it simply dies out. So if people don't get the, vi- the vaccine because they feel, oh, you know, I'm not a vulnerable age, I'm 25, I don't have to worry about it, or 35. What happens is you give the virus a place to go, and you endanger the population of people around you. So by getting the vaccine, it's very important to understand that's how we stop the virus from replicating, and that's how we stop the virus from transmitting. Wow. I just wanted to make that. Um, Can you provide some clarity on what tests are available? I mean, a lot of people um, still need to take these tests because uh, it's going to take a while before we get everybody vac- vaccinated. So what what are the tests uh, out there and uh, how do they work? Well, there are a number of different tests. So the gold standard, if you will, is what's called a PCR test. And, and really, it's a nucleic test. It's a molecular test. It's a DNA test. These are the terms that are used. PCR, molecular, DNA. And, and these tests are done in laboratories, such as hospital laboratories or Quest or LabCorp. They're very sophisticated tests. They take uh, quite a while, and they require very skilled technicians to do them. And they are essentially, you know, nothing's 100%, so I'll say 99% accurate and 99% specific, specific to the disease. The challenge is they take too long. So if I was to go in and get a PCR test today, then I look at the results back, and we hear this, right, two, three, four days, sometimes longer. And during that period of time, we could have infected 50 people. We wouldn't even know it. So it really wasn't going to help us from a public health standpoint. And so the PCR test is, is one. And then there is what's called a rapid test rapid antigen and all that means is that it works off the protein of the virus not nucleic acid or dna and it's fast 15 20 minutes it's usually done with a small blood uh, saliva or nasal 
uh, sample with, with a Q-tip sort of in your nose, and you put it on this uh, uh, in this solution, and you put it on this piece of paper, and it tells you if you have COVID or not. It's very fast. The problem with it, it's not as accurate as the PCR test. And we were always kind of thinking the way we grow up, right? You want to get the most accurate test you can get. That's just the way we are, right? In any in any level of science. And these tests are not as accurate as the PCR test, but they're fast. But they are available, and, and, and when you hear rapid tests, that's what they're talking about, a rapid antigen test. We also have technologies that are coming out on the market now that came out of our Radix program that are our technologies that are about 30 minutes. Very highly specific, very sensitive. You don't have to go to a hospital for these. They're in urgent care clinics. They're in uh, any variety. In fact, the NBA used one of the companies that came to our program uh, called Mesa Biotech. These are essentially uh, point of care PCR tests. So this technology is, is coming on stream uh, at, at a variety of different rates. This is also a nucleic test, so it's very accurate, and 30 minutes is better than two, three days. So there's really those three kinds of tests that are out there right now, and then there's antibody tests, which is different. And antibody just says, have you been exposed to the virus? Do you have antibodies that fight the virus? So it's kind of a separate test. It just tells you, it doesn't tell you you have it, it just tells you you've been exposed to it. The other three I talked about, the PCR test, the rapid antigen test, and the point-of-care PCR test are, are to tell you if you have it. So uh, you'll see these signs around, and, and there's uh, a variety of different times you should use it, and this is where your doctor can help you, uh, just to which is the best test to get. Some are very expensive, some are free. It's a little bit of a different discussion we could talk about is the pricing. But suffice to say, those are the three tests. The PCR test, two, three days. The rapid antigen test, 15 minutes. And the point of care PCR test, that's about 30 minutes. What is considered yeah. a, a um, false positive and a false negative? Well... This is a little bit of the trickiness of this disease, or really any disease. When you, let's say you go to a party and you're exposed to COVID last night, and you get a call today, and somebody at the party had COVID. If you ran to the doctor or ran to the nearest urgent care clinic and got a test today, it's going to be negative. Because the viral load is not at a level yet that anything's going to pick it up. So that's kind of a false negative. It's really not catching it. So if you were to call the doctor, which is what you should do, the doctor will tell you, James, wait until Saturday or Sunday, then go get a test. Because then the viral load will get to a level where the test can detect it. And he or she will also say, stay home. Act as if you have it, and then go get a test in three, four days. Now, any of the tests would work at that point, but it really depends on you waiting. And so a false negative could come when you go too early. Uh, a false positive 
could come if it's too late. You know, this disease is only infectious for a certain period of time. So there's 10 to 14 days we've heard, right? When you isolate, so let's say you have it, and they say isolate 14 days. You may still have symptoms after 14 days, but guess what? You are no longer contagious. The disease is still with you because of what it did to your body, but the virus is no longer in your system. But you could go get a PCR test, and it's so sensitive, excuse me, it will pick it up, and it will say you're positive. You're really not positive. You're really not infectious. So this, you know, this is, uh, this is why it's important to consult a physician, where it's important that, that you understand with a healthcare provider, what's the right test at the right time? Because there is a whole question about public health versus diagnostics, which I can talk a little bit more about in, in a bit. But the short answer is it doesn't just, you know, click on like a light switch. There is a, a curve and you start to get symptoms usually after six, seven, eight days. And that's when you're contagious. That's when the test, just about any test is going to pick it up. And that's when you should isolate for 10 to 14 days. And by that time, uh, the virus, you are no longer contagious. Okay. So, again, what you're saying is somebody is somebody's sensing that they are exposed. Um, they should contact their doctor. And then as it relates to testing, if they're having symptoms and what have you, um, they what should they do if they have some symptoms and they're going further? What's the next steps that you want them to do? Yeah, it is, it is important to isolate. I know that when my wife and I were exposed to it, we isolated right away because you, you don't know. But a lot of people don't isolate. They don't know. It may be two, three, four days, five days before they find out if ever they were exposed. They just start to get symptoms. So it is, uh, it is a challenge. Uh, from a public health standpoint, and of course, it's one of the reasons that, of course, this disease can spread asymptomatically, so you don't even know if you have it, and you could be spreading it, which comes back down to why it's so important to get the vaccine, because you may not think you're exposing people, but you might be inadvertently. If, if you had symptoms and you've isolated and they've gone away, you see, are they still recommending you get tested? Hey, Chuck, hold that question. We're going to take a station break, but we're going to come back and we're going to come back and we're going to ask that question and continue to talk to Steve. It's your life. I'm James Cooley. There's more stories of greatness to help you overcome adversity. Coming up on It's Your Life with James Cooley. The J.C. Cooley Foundation is a nonprofit organization that was started in October of 2014. The J.C. Cooley Foundation continues to strive to expand its programs and offerings to the youth, young adults, and citizens of our great communities nationwide and overseas. We hope that you'll be able to take part in one or more of the many exciting events that we're offering this year and experience firsthand the pride we take in supporting our cause. It's our mission to equip the youth of today for the challenges of tomorrow, and we rely heavily on the generosity 
community of individuals and business owners for support. Without the assistance of community-minded individuals just like you, we wouldn't be able to serve our youth each year. We ask that you make a commitment to support our annual appeal by making a cash donation. This year's goal is $50,000. Your generosity will assist us in making a difference in the lives of the youth in our community. You can give online at CooleyFoundation.org. Remember that every donation makes a difference regardless of size. The J.C. Cooley Foundation thanks you in advance for your contribution. Country Boy, City Boy, a journey that ain't over yet. The true life coming of age story by James J.C. Cooley. Using humor, wit, and engaging storytelling, James paints a picture about his arrival in a rural deep south town and realization that life would never be the same. Cooley lays out his struggle to adjust from city life to country life and back again, sharing his hard-earned lessons to educate, encourage, and enlighten our next generation of leaders and heroes. Get your copy of Country Boy, City Boy, a journey that ain't over yet by James J.C. Cooley available on Amazon and everywhere books are sold. The Answer San Diego streaming now on TuneIn.com and Radio.com It's time to dream big, think big, and be big. It's time for more It's Your Life. Here's your host, James Cooley. Welcome back to It's Your Life. I'm James Cooley and I tell you uh, we got a very, just like I told you, informative show. Uh, we're still taking calls. 1-888-344-1170. Again, that's 1-888-344-1170. Chuck, you was asking Steve a question prior to the commercial. Yes, and Steve, you were talking about testing. and then after, I mean, you were talking about should you have symptoms, you should isolate. Uh, and the question was, if, if you do have symptoms, you isolate, things are feeling better, uh, should you still get tested? Well, uh, with the, with the counsel of your physician, uh, I would say no. If, if you get tested and you have COVID-19 and you isolate for 10 to 14 days from the moment you were diagnosed, uh, you are going to be, uh, you're, you're not going to be contagious. So there's really no advantage to taking the test again. And in many cases, that test could come back and say you're still positive when you're really not infectious, as I talked about earlier. So my, uh, my experience and my advice would be not to take it unless you have to take it. Your employer requires it or you're a healthcare professional and you're in an environment where you need to do it. Uh, but uh, I would not uh, take it uh, after I go through quarantine. Okay. For people for people receiving the vaccines now starting to receive it, and maybe they have some symptoms again. Uh, is the advice, the CDC advice, or other advice that they get tested again? Well, once you have the vaccine, uh, first of all, you do experience some symptoms with the vaccine. Of course, we've heard that some people have you know tough couple of days. Other people, it doesn't seem to bother them. Remember that. Uh, it is, you know, I, I want to I want to reemphasize the importance of getting the vaccine. You know, think about the risk reward ratio here, right? We, we take yeah. greater chances driving to work than we do in, in 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 getting the vaccine, and the risks of the disease are much much greater than anything you'll experience from the vaccine. So, uh, if you get the vaccine and you go through the protocols associated with it. Uh, two, three weeks after, we're saying you're, you're, you're 
immunization system is at 95% or higher to protect you against the disease, if you start to feel symptoms from the disease, it's probably not COVID-19. Again, uh, you know, we, we do catch infectious diseases, flu, although flu is almost non-existent this year, uh, flu is still out there. And, uh, but it's, it's, it's unlikely that you will uh, catch COVID-19 if you've been vaccinated. Very, very unlikely. I mean, we're talking about uh, a risk-reward ratio that is uh, very, very low. Hey, uh, Steve, uh, once a person recovers from COVID-19, can they get it again? Well, uh, there's always that possibility, and that's one of the challenges we face, is that nobody is going to come on any show and say, you'll never get it again. Or you'll never get it after you get the vaccine, right? There's always a risk associated with uh, uh, this profile of this disease or any disease for that matter. It's highly unlikely. I've heard under 100 cases worldwide. I don't know that for sure because I haven't documented it. But the, the, the likelihood of catching it again is very low, especially for two to three months. And after two to three months, our antibody system is weakened without the vaccine. So by getting the vaccine, even if you've had it, then uh, your chances of getting it again are almost zero. But uh, there is a risk, and uh, you need to continue to you won't be asked. You know, stay clean, wash your hands, uh, not uh, you know, wear a mask. Uh, keep distant, stay home if you're not feeling well, stay away from people that aren't feeling well, call your doctor if you're not feeling well. All these things still apply, uh, but the likelihood of catching it twice is very, very low from a documentation standpoint. Steve, um, you know, uh, the public, they, they hear things on the news, they hear things from their, their circle of friends. What do you hear what the most common myths are about COVID-19? Well, uh, I think I think as we all hear, there there uh, is a is a fear that it, it's 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 going to give you COVID. Uh, that it's uh, you know there are you know what I think to be crazy ideas about implanting you know chips and 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 uh, you know things that are really far fetched. I, I think probably the most common concern is because it went so fast. I think people don't understand how an eight-year or 10-year process can be compressed into a year. And I understand that. I understand that. But what I would encourage people to understand is that this was a pandemic. This was a global emergency. And you can cut out a lot of red tape without compromising safety in vaccine development and manufacturing. The mRNA technology used by Moderna and Pfizer have been around for a long time. This is not a new technology. It's new being used in vaccines, but it's not a new technology. And so the regulatory groups worldwide and the manufacturing groups worldwide went 
a full court press on moving as quickly as possible but not cutting corners. And it, it, it's like, I would use the analogy if your house got flooded. And if you did nothing, it might take six months to get it back to be lived in. But if you had all the money in the world and you knew exactly what you needed to do, you could get it ready to be lived in in 24 hours, right? You could put 20 people in there. You could put a bunch of fans. You could rebuild it. And you wouldn't compromise safety. You're just putting more resource into the problem to get the vaccine out quicker. Again, in this case, at the house, livable quicker. That's all that happened here is that the government's uh, primarily led by the United States, but worldwide, just did everything they could and cleared the decks so that this vaccine could be brought to market as fast as possible and as safely as possible. So uh, I would say the misconception about it not being safe because it went so fast is probably, uh, in my mind, understandable, but uh, it is safe. And I highly encourage for public health reasons and for your own safety of those and your loved ones to take it. So um, why are some people having serious side effects uh, from the vaccine? Uh, It's expected. If you've had a flu shot, you know you get some side effects from flu shots. It's not uncommon. And so these side effects are understood. Uh, in, in, in almost every case, they go away in a day or two. I've talked to many people who have gotten the vaccine. In the worst of the worst, within a couple of days, they're fine. And what they experience, uh, a friend of mine said to me uh, earlier this week, what I experienced in a couple of days was nothing like what my brother experienced who passed away after 20 weeks. Hmm. So I would say that uh, you may experience some side effects. Some people don't, but you will, uh, you will come through it. Uh, follow what the healthcare professional tells you to do. Take Advil maybe when you get home, rest, listen to your body. If it says I need to relax, relax. If it says I can't exercise for a couple of days, don't exercise. Take care of yourself, listen to your body, and in, in a couple of days at the most, you're gonna be feeling Wow. You know, Steve, how can our listening audience get in touch with you if they uh, needed to uh, reach out and get more information uh, about uh, COVID or any other thing that you're doing? Well, uh, I I am on LinkedIn, so I I invite people if they'd like to uh, uh, see me on LinkedIn. I also have a website, uh, steveblog.com. And I invite anybody to come to my website, and I can be contacted through there, too. Wow. You know, hey, Steve, I want to uh, thank you so much for taking time to come on and share this important message to our listening audience. You know, I want to thank my co-host, Chuck Trenoni, my co-contributor, uh, Michelle Cooley. I always want to thank our listening audience for taking time out to just uh, listen to the show we'll be back tomorrow but we also are always looking for sponsors to help us keep this great message coming to you it's your life i'm james cooley and we'll be back tomorrow with another great show see you tomorrow
Thanks for joining us for It's Your Life with James Cooley. To learn more about James, how you can support the show, or become a guest, visit CooleyFoundation.org. Join James weekdays at this same time for more motivation and inspiration to help you become equipped today for the challenges of tomorrow. This has been The James Cooley Show. It's your life, where you learn how to dream big, think big, and be big at everything that you do. It's Your Life is sponsored by James J.C. Cooley.